Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees Podcasts Season 2, Episode 1. I didn't think I'd be saying that again in a hurry. This is the first of our live recorded podcasts and uh, we're joined by a whole cast of people here at Nokia World. So, hello room! Wow, I bet that didn't come out of the mics. Anyway, as, uh, as ever, my name is Ben Smith. I'm from Wireless Worker. Probably one or two of you read me, but I suspect the most don't. So please go there, read my site. It's awesome. Um, it, it makes me feel special when you comment on my articles. And I'm also joined by my usual colleagues. So starting on my right... I'm Rafe Blanford from All About Symbian, and I've now also launched All About Windows Phone. Splitter. Yeah, and I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. That's right. So Rafe brings the readers and Ewan and I bring the shouting and the pointing, right. basically, in this yep. combo. So, lads, it's been a little while since we've recorded a podcast. Have you got married? I got married, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> the, uh, the, the new Mrs Smith had some opinions about not going on honeymoon and recording podcasts and things. So season two's a little bit late, but thank you for your patience. Yeah, I got married. Rafe, you launched a new website. I did indeed. Yes, that's just happened. A bit later than intended, but... Uh, now it's all about Windows Phone as well. You can't um, be all about Symbian and all about Windows Phone, can you? It's just that you haven't got room to be all about two things, surely. Well, no, I can't be all about two things, but it does uh, seem to have kept you in a bit quieter for a change. What? Um, are you going to have all about something else soon? Uh, I think I can probably exclusively reveal to this audience that uh, All About Mobile will be launching as a, a bridge site so you can go to one address to find everything you need to from the All About sites. I, and I'm really looking forward to that. But personally, my, my micro fan site, allaboutrafeblanford.com, is coming early in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> All your exciting Rafe Blanford-related facts and a cut-out-and-keep model as well, life-size, which is nice, because you can print it out on A4. <laughs> <laughs> So I just dropped all the questions. Anyway, so in the last in the last series, guys, we just got together and recorded our opinions, talking to each other. Normally in a in a noisy room. Uh, this time around, we're joined by a fantastic audience. Thank mm. you very much for coming. And so we're going to open up the floor to some questions. And I think, well, before we do that, let's just recap. Why are we here, Yun? Uh, what, in, in this physical... Yeah, that's quite a physical yeah. question. Okay, so uh, why are we here oh, in Docklands next to the Excel Centre Sorry, I the end of October? Sorry, uh, we, we are here for Nokia World, and uh, this has been a rather exciting event. Uh, a lot of people have been visiting. In fact, half the audience at the keynote, I don't know if you noticed, half the audience were actually uh, press or members of the media, so I thought that's that very impressive. I didn't go to Nokia World last year. I was effectively boycotting it. It was absolutely shocking. I don't know. Did anyone go last year? Um, right, a few hands there. Did anyone see Ansi Van Yockey, the Nokia, one of the top chaps going, we're back, right, when they clearly were. Now, that really frustrated me. So I'm actually, I was looking forward to seeing this. Oh, what's the problem, Rafe? Well, he, he said we're back, and he announced the previous day that he was leaving the company. Right, so I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous, really ridiculous. So I, <laughs> I'm back, see ya! <laughs> so I, I, was, I was particularly pleased to uh, come to Nokia World and see how things had changed. Yeah, and the, the tone here has been very different, I think. There's been a lot more buzz, and kind of the big news that everyone's talking about is the fact that Nokia have now announced their Windows Phone handsets eight months on from February the 11th. Uh, the, the press room has just been absolutely mobbed. So there's definitely loads of interest. But I'm, what I'm interested in is, is it justified interest? Has anything interesting actually happened? The, 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 the unofficial voice of Nokia should now speak, Rafe. Uh, well, I think something ooh, uh, ooh. interesting has, has happened, and I'll just <laughs> ignore that slur on my character. Oh, really, Rafe? Please tell me <laughs> something exciting about Nokia has happened. Uh, I think <laughs> the, the big thing here is 
you know, Nokia's been in the doldrums for the last couple of years, uh, and people have been wondering what's going to happen to it as a company. And we're now at the point where Stephen Elop came in, announced his vision, and it started, you know, the first delivery of that with these Lumia 800 and the Lumia 710. What will be really exciting is when we finally have a Nokia handset that rivals uh, a top-of-the-line iPhone or a top-of-the-line Android handset. And well, I'm talking about a 24-megapixel, 30-day um, battery, bendy, squeezable underwater phone that does uh, you know, amazing stuff and pays for every single one of your, uh, your, your bus or train journeys. I, I think, am I fair in saying that we were just delighted as opposed to super amazed with the Windows phones. Yeah, I don't think there were any big shocks. They delivered on what people were expecting. And not to you know underline the achievement, but it, yeah, it was good for eight months, but it's only the start of the road. You can t see where they've taken some shortcuts to deliver this device by partnering with Compal. It's very much standard Windows phone insides with a wrapped around a very attractive Nokia shell on the outside. But there's you've less in terms your, of the... You've changed your tune in the last few months, haven't you? <laughs> you used to spit anything that wasn't Symbian. That's dirty. <laughs> there, there's there's <laughs> less in the terms of the kind of Nokia super camera, although it's a pretty good attempt. It's copy from the N9. But things like Pentaband 3G and some of the other things that Nokia is known for, isn't. and the same applies on the software. You know, We can talk about things like the Nokia Drive and everything else. But I think we the point Ewan was making there is don't forget there's still Android, there's iOS. They've just gone through iOS 5, ice cream sandwich, and, you know, they're number one and two. So Nokia still has an immense amount of work to even be start to be compared with those, and Microsoft and Nokia have work ahead. In, enough of our talking. We've got loads and loads of stuff to be doing. Uh, I want to open up the floor. So, first time ever, guys, let's, uh, let's just quickly explain what we're going to do. We get, we've got a room full of people here no with a pressure. bunch of questions. So we're going to uh, question from the audience quick response from us and then we'll open it up to the floor and I'm interested to hear what everybody here has to say. Uh, first up is Stephen Wing. Steve, you've got a question about uh, Nokia and have they done enough? Stephen Wing from UK Gadgeteer. So Ben stole my thunder by kind of asking the question, but Nokia, <laughs> have they done enough? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wrote a summary of your question down here and I thought there was way more. <laughs> Ewan. Uh, yes, I, I actually wrote last night saying uh, they have delivered, right? They have delivered upon ex expectations. The big question here was could they actually, uh, or could Stephen and his new management team convince Nokia Hall to actually get together and deliver some handsets within the year? Because remember, there was a lot of people going, it'll never happen. And given that Nokia typically takes 18 months, uh, and that's on a good, a good handset design, 18 months to knock out a handset, uh, eight months are actually shipping handsets uh, this is really good news. So I think I think they have done enough now, and now we need to wait and see how they sell, and we need to see what they've got coming next. I think they've done enough to now, but that's not enough overall. What's going to be really important is to see what happens with the marketing, with the sales, with the distribution. You know, it's not enough just to announce the devices. It's everything else that goes ahead of that. And, of course, the follow-on devices, the sort of releases next year for the States, China, and everywhere else in the world. Steve, what's your view? I think I agree. Um, we've seen everything that was expected. They needed to launch two devices. They needed to have them on sale this year, and they've managed that. They've managed to put drive into the phones. Again, they needed to do that. They didn't release a flagship device. Mm. It's only 8 megapixels for the 800, so we haven't yet got the N8 equivalent 
Um, we don't have any QWERTY devices, so there'll be a lot of business people who won't yet be interested. So next year, Nokia need to be producing flagship devices, QWERTY devices to expand the range. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a comment from the audience already. This is awesome. I thought I was going to have to beat you are up. You, are you going to disagree, Ian? Hi. Um, I'm, I'm Ian Wallace. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at The Accidental. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here and say, no, they've not done enough. You said they did as expected, and that, that's frankly not good enough, right? Everyone loves Apple phones. Why do they love it? Because Steve Jobs previously got up on stage and he announced the unexpected. The expected's not enough. They need, they need the unexpected. They need to get people excited. They need to give people stuff they haven't seen, they didn't expect. What, what would have had you really excited if, uh, if they'd announced it on stage on Monday? No, on Wednesday. Sorry. I don't know. I was thinking about this, this earlier, and by its nature, if, if I could expect the unexpected, that's great, right? I'd win the lottery. <laughs> um, you know, something, something truly new, something truly different. I mean, you suggested some ideas earlier in his introduction of, you know, crazy stuff that you think is not possible. That, that's, what we needed, that's what we needed to see. James Watley. <clears throat> I kind of on the um, unexpected moat. Um, I I thought the unexpected, from from my perspective anyway, was the fact that they turned around and launched the Asher range um, and put the you know they opened up the keynote and said the whole focus for them was in the emerging markets and made a really big point about how important those areas were. And there may be a question about this. I'm sorry if I'm stealing someone's thunder. But I thought the unexpected for me was them going, actually, look, we're bringing Angry Birds to S40, bringing WhatsApp to S40. S40 is going to be pushing, 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 looking sub 100 euro phones. I thought that was a really big deal. And I didn't expect that either. Any other opinions? Anyone think that Nokia knocked it out of the park, that they actually exceeded expectations? Stefan's from Greece, uh, Pestalet.gr. Um, I don't know if they, they did well or not, but the market thinks that they did pretty well. Um, the stock price is up more than 7%. So that means something, at least for now, that they're moving to the right direction. So, I mean, it's been only eight months. Just let's sit back and relax and see what happens in the stock price and uh, products coming up. Nice. nice. Uh, I think that's right. And I think we perhaps need to think back to where Nokia was a year ago. And if you told us that they'd have this kind of performance at this event, I think a lot of people would have laughed at you. And I think sometimes memories can be a little bit short. That uh, this is Nokia, you know, they've turned around pretty quickly. So Stephen Elop has done a good job. And as a, a, a tech audience, we're always expecting more to happen. But the fact they've managed to deliver as much as they have, I think, is a significant achievement. Uh, this is Aditya Singh from worldofphones.net. Um, uh, we're all talking about how uh, whether Nokia delivered, uh, but you've got to see uh, Nokia is not just a company that works on the high end of uh, the market, and it is something that works at all price points. So if you're going to talk about uh, you know whether it delivered at the high end, well, uh, I think time will say uh, what it is because Windows Phone 7 uh, with the Mango update now looks like a competitive platform. So I think you've got to give that a bit of time because uh, it deserves that much. It's too early to start judging it there. And uh, with regard to the other price points, I think they're doing reasonably well. And with uh, the augmented uh, new lineup, it should actually perform pretty good. Okay, let's wrap this one up. I want a quick show of hands. If Raise your hands now if you think Nokia did a good job. Okay, hands well, down. Raise your hands now if you think Nokia screwed up and wasted an opportunity. Okay, so it's absolutely unanimous they did a good job there. Uh, any, uh, anyone who thinks it was just uh, middling, doesn't matter, uh, inconsequential? No. Okay, so the consensus in the room is good job. 
So it's one wow, less it's thing. Like to a, it's like a banana republic election. <laughs> it's one less thing to tease Rafe Blanford about. Disappointingly, you and Rafe Blanford may now be writing about something popular that we can no longer rip the piss out of him for. I know it is. It's quite exciting, actually. I watching. wish he'd launch all about BlackBerry. I could just oh, bring it on. <laughs> all about all about rim. All about rim. Okay, we've got another question now, and uh, I think this is actually an interesting follow-up to the last last comment. Hi, I'm uh, Vidu Thomas from uh, MyPortableWorld.com. Uh, my question was, uh, why is all the uh, stats about mobile phones and sales and uh, top-end phones US-centric, whereas the sales-wise Asian markets, I think, outsell in, in uh, terms of volumes of uh, handsets sold? I actually think that it's about probably the people in this room and the media industry as a whole. I think it's a fascination with US and the high end and that's where the, the most excitement is. That's where the big advertising spend is. It's where the high margin is. It's where Hollywood is. As much as Hollywood No, seriously, it's where Hollywood is. It's the centre of, uh, still the centre of the, uh, uh, the, the media. Uh, it's where fashion typically comes from, right? Um, it's next to Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is currently uh, the centre of mobile because you've got Apple and Android and uh, various other companies moving there because of that. I think that will shift, though. But right now, I think this whole US-centric thing is very annoying um, because it kind of gives wind. It's a second wind for Apple, second wind for uh, for Google. And if you ha- if you go and look at any of the um, uh, the consumer magazines, uh, which are hugely influential, these style magazines, it's all about iPhone, all about Android. Well, Android is okay, but it's definitely Apple right at the top still. I don't spend a lot of time in those Asian markets, but talking to people who have done, I get the distinct impression that whilst low-end Nokia devices might sell really well because they're what people can afford and they uh, they give kind of a uh, they're like a, a bit better than a dumb phone. They give some kind of smartphone features for an affordable price. Actually, people in those markets aspirationally want the same kind of high-end devices that they see people in North America and Europe and. In many cases, if they have if they have the money to afford it, they will get those devices. And so, you go to India or China, you will see a load of very high end devices. I, I think it's actually, you know, it goes with culture in general. There is a U.S. centricism, um, and that's because the U.S. is the number one economy that extends to technology and media. So immediately, everyone looks at the U.S. stats. But I think your point is well made that people need to learn to look outside their own markets, look in a global way, because local is going to become more important in mobile because I feel because mobile is so personal and individual that there's actually going to be much more cultural variation, regional variation, and that extends to stats and everything like that. So I think anyone in mobile needs to be aware of that. And it is enormously frustrating to see the US reported as an analogue for the global, and it doesn't work like that. Let's just run a quick test. We've got a room full of people who write uh, or are interested in technology. Who covers or is based in Asia? One, two, three, four. So of of those four, uh, gentlemen at the very back there, um, I'd just like to get your perspective. What does what, what do people in the geography that where you live, uh, perhaps you'd like to tell us where you're based, uh, what's the popular what's the popular handsets, what's their view of the announcements of the last few days? Um, I'm Vabhav Sharma from the Handheld Blog. I live in India. And uh, in terms of uh, brand loyalty, Nokia still, uh, although in the it's it it was the top brand for three years running. It it lost out this year, 
But if you talk to people in the market and friends of mine who still have Nokia devices who bought the first batch of Symbian 3 devices, it's time for them to upgrade because it's been a year, year and a half. And a lot of people still, despite the fact that uh, Android's been doing hugely well in India, especially in the mid-segment, uh, some of those mid-range devices, but there's still a lot of people who keep asking me, when is the next Nokia flagship coming out? And... Uh, from what I've heard yesterday, Nokia has targeting India as one of the primary markets for Windows Phone as well. So India is going to be getting the new range of Windows Phone before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I can see a lot of people who will be willing to upgrade because the problem with uh, Nokia has been that uh, Symbian, to an extent, got, the, got branded as the slow OS. But everybody loved the durability of Nokia devices. They loved the design. And with something like the Lumia 800 and the 710, uh, people get a fresh OS. Uh, Nokia really pushes uh, advertisements everywhere. <laughs> so in terms of the eyeballs that they're getting, uh, they have a really very, very realistic chance of doing very well in India. And what, what's, what's your view? What's the most aspirational desired phone in India? I think India still follows the norm as far as the world is concerned. The iPhone will still be very popular. But I've also met a strong contingent of people who say that, uh, yes, it's nice, it's, it's cool, but it's not for me. So uh, the limitations that the Western world is accustomed to in terms of just syncing to one computer, getting music from one computer, all those restrictions are very painful for people who've grown up with Nokia devices, who share pictures via Bluetooth and, and send songs over Bluetooth. So all those restrictions are kind of restrictive. So a lot of people aspire that they'd like an iPhone, but when it actually comes to buying a phone, they'll point back, say no. Uh, okay, and we had uh, another chap who's, uh, who's also sort of... Uh working or writing in, in Asia. So if you'd just like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Varun from Phone Arena. So I'm based in India, like I'm based in Chennai by Nokia as a factory actually. And I've been there so far, I've been bugging them to get me there. So apart from that, uh, just want to add a gap to Vibov's points. So basically the iPhone, I think it's also the Western media influence. Like you have the iPhone on the media probably is projecting that as the, the like the super phone or the only phone, the perfect phone or something like that. So people even people end up buying like clones thinking it's an iPhone. So for them, that's an iPhone for them. So the, I think it's more of a touchscreen and experience and all that stuff. So I think the inspiration value for, but Nokia as a brand is doing like, I think nowhere, it's like, it's not going anywhere in India. It's like, it's, it's going to like, it, people say Nokia is dead and everything, but still you walk into a store like you guy, you got guy just walks in blindly. He has a dead E seventy one. He just walks in blindly, picks up an E six, and walks out. He doesn't even know that this has a touchscreen. So that that's the kind of brand loyalty Nokia has in India. Can you tell us anything about the dual SIM market in India? Because it's yeah. something that doesn't exist in Western Europe. But it yeah, is a big so the dual SIM market mainly exists in India uh, on other emerging markets as far as India. From what I was, what I have seen, basically people come in from say suburban areas, like somewhere from out of the city, and they work in the city. So they have they carry two numbers with them. Like one is their work number, uh, one is their personal number, and they don't want to invest in like two different devices. So they want to basically have a single device with a like two numbers. The next question is from the gentleman from Unwired View. Hi, I'm Staska from Un Unwired View. And the question, question is, uh, don't you think that uh, a 9 launch in uh, June had actually hurt uh, the Nokia 800 launch today? Imagine if there were no a 9 in June, we would have seen uh, this unibody design and everybody would, be, would have gone, wow, cool stuff, great stuff. And I mean, they would have gone just as crazy as they went for a nine, 
and now we had two months to play with that. Windows Phone Mango is an old OS, so it was just two old things, and it was kind of boring for the media. So, and uh, why the why they did, did they launch the A9 uh, at all? I mean, uh, it's a device with kind of without a purpose. They are not selling it. Uh, they're selling it in very few markets and in very few units. And, and everyone who writes about it is, yes, great, and the device cool Nokia, but it's dead. You're absolutely right in every single way. Uh, I think launching the N9 was a ludicrous thing to do because it gave away the beautiful design. It gave away a sort of a preview of what was happening. And, and for me, I mean, all of the things you said, but also it, gave, it confused the market because Mego doesn't matter to consumers. It's dead. Con- consumers are never going to buy Mego. But analysts and journalists and all the market commentators looked at the N9 launch and said, my God, it's amazing, it's beautiful. Look, Mego could have been launched you know, in February. There was no need to kill it off. That was premature. And it kind of almost proved... What Stephen Elop said about you know Migo is a burning platform, the famous email that we always talk about. It proved, it almost proved him wrong by showing a really nice device. Lots of people then said, "Well, why are you killing it off?" And I still think that they killed it off for good reasons, but that they've muddied the waters. Some really clear stuff that could have happened has been muddied. And and launch and announcing on white variant here at Nokia World, I, I to me what it reminds me of is the N eight hundred. Do you remember the? Um, the slide the tablet uh, thing the tablet yeah. thing yeah I, I had one and it was all right but it was one of those devices and, and i'm going to be a bit uk centric here but we all loved it but we all knew it was just for geeks it was just for developers because it was kind of like a developer platform and then i don't know if you've been to tottenham court road you know so the, the high street that sells all the electronics in the center of london and you went down tottenham court tube station and every advert on the tube every advert on the platform was for an n800 and they for goodness sake you know no one should be buying this except bloggers and developers why are you advertising the mass market and it was because nokia got carried away with itself it got a really positive response to the hardware and then it just didn't stop itself selling it and it actually shot itself in the foot by selling it and i think that's exactly what they've done with the n9 and rafe blanford and it was the n900 that ben's talking about sorry not n800 n900 uh, but i would add to answer your question it's so very... angry my memory vanished <laughs> it's very easy to to look at the um 800 and see the N9 for everyone in this room who's familiar with Nokia. But a lot of people walking into a high street shop for the first time, the first time they see that design will be on the Nokia 800. So I still think there will be that kind of wow factor going on. But yes, I I do agree. Strategically speaking, I don't think Nokia should have taken the N9 and publicly launched it. I suspect, you know, there were internal reasons for doing so. And Nokia have been at pains to say that they're going to reuse the components elsewhere and we've got the most obvious example with the first windows phone using the same sort of outer design as the n9 yeah, they don't sell any of any of their other prototypes though so this was ludicrous yes i i think the n9 probably would have been better off left in the prototype shelf somewhere in a nokia factory there's a room full of things they've developed to test you know that they don't sell so you mcleod very quickly then we're going to go open to the audience and then we are all going to go and get a drink well, I have a 16-minute response uh, there. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just saying, I just want to say, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, uh, quick show of hands in the room. Who thinks uh, launching the N9 was a brilliant idea? Who thought it was a terrible idea? Oh, yeah. That's who, who doesn't care? Who thinks it doesn't matter one tiny little bit? 
Okay, so that's overwhelmingly people don't give a monkeys. <laughs> I think even if the N9 was slightly different from the Illumia 800, like even a minor difference, it would have been okay, but the exact same hardware, what confuses uh, a lot of people because they don't know, because as a, as a like a advanced user, I want Miko on my phone. I, like I'm not still convinced with Windows Phone, but for an end user, it might not matter whether it's Windows Phone or uh, Migo. Thank you very much. Thank you.